Hello, this is Mark Witten, the co-creator of The Hotel, with a couple quick announcements for you. We're doing a New Year's Eve episode shortly and are in need of voices for the countdown to midnight. If you'd like to join in and lend your voice as a hotel guest, there are instructions on how to submit recordings on our Twitter and Instagram, at the Hotel Pod, where it is the pinned tweet and linked in our bio. You can also find this information on the Hotel Discord server, linked in our show description. The 5th and 6th episodes will be releasing on December 17th and 31st, so we can all have something to look forward to through the holiday season and to ring in the new year together. Thanks so much for listening, and enjoy this next episode of The Hotel. move much. I can move some, just not very much. My supply closet is small. There's room for me to explore a little, but with the mop and bucket, I sometimes trip. The hotel has bigger closets, sometimes. When the hotel is bigger, And maybe if the guests saw my supply closet, it would look too small. But I still always end up in this one. And it's always the same. Mostly always. Mostly. I can't see what my uniform looks like, but I still have my hat on. Sometimes I just picture in my mind what I think the hotel will look like when I get to open the door. I'm not right, usually. But I don't mind being wrong because that means I'm not in there anymore. In here anymore. In my mind, I see the lobby with a black and white floor. Black squares and white squares. But the floor is smooth. It's not those tiles that don't fit together that make my bucket rattle and spill water. The walls are soft, like a carpet. And stuck all over the walls, maybe, are shiny gold balls. The light makes them light up like elevator buttons. Maybe there's a chair in the lobby for me, and I can watch the shining gold twinkle on the walls. There are maybe lots of chairs. A lot of different chairs for the guests to sit in. So, no matter what kind of chair they like, they'll want to sit and stay in the lobby. Maybe they won't even want to go to their rooms. 
something's moving in the lobby. On the other side of the door, I, I don't know if I hear it moving or if it's just something I know, but something comes to my door. Does it happen every time? I don't even know if it's even happening this time. It could be my manager. I know she's out there. At her front desk. Waiting. Like me. Maybe she knows I'm in here and wants to let me out. Whatever it is. It's here a lot. Just outside my door. I try not to breathe until it goes away. In case whatever it is doesn't want me here. In case it's something the hotel sends to keep me inside. Or check me in like the guests. Maybe this is my room. And I have to die here like them. I've seen horrible things happen outside the rooms. I've even seen horrible things happen in the lobby. I... I think I have. I know the guests think they see things, too. Seeing doesn't always work at the hotel. They don't see anything wrong until it's too late. Until we're already falling apart. Until whatever... Whatever's going to happen to them happens. In my closet, I feel like them. I can't see anything either. But I can hear. I can hear the guests now. I think it's the guests anyway. I hear talking. There must be more than one of them. Sometimes we get more than one. Or whole families will... Whole families will check in. I, I don't think it's a family, though, because it's not noisy enough. Families are noisy. And messy. So messy. I, I don't want to think about old rooms. The voices are so faint, I almost can't hear them. The lobby must be big today. Maybe there's a bigger supply closet out there, too. Maybe I'll get to see it before my eyes rot out. 
I try to see the guests standing on the black and white square floor. I try to see it. I picture one of them rubbing the walls with their hands, petting it like an animal. Sometimes the guests bring pets. I've seen how they like to rub them. I don't like when they take the pets to the rooms, though. I don't like that. I picture the guests sitting in the chairs. Just two guests with no pets. Sitting in the chairs, drinking a drink. If they spill, I can go to the big supply closet before I clean it. I picture my manager telling me I I did a good job for the guests. But it's not a good job if the guests don't get to their rooms. She needs me to take them to their rooms. I didn't build the room today. I don't know what's in the room, but I know I have to take them to the room and they'll never get to leave it. They'll be in there for a minute or an hour or a week. But however long they're here, they never get to leave. Whatever happens, they don't ever get to go. I've seen guests tear each other apart just to try and get away. I've watched people do such awful things to themselves just so they don't have to be trapped anymore. But no one, ever, ever gets out. I think I've been in here a long time now. It can be hard to tell, but I think it's been a long time. I've had to stay in for a long time before, though. Mostly it's not very long before the guest wants to go to their room. Sometimes I don't even get to come out at all. Sometimes I'm in the wet, dark closet for so long, I I don't know if it's been forever or if I just got here. Sometimes I can hear awful things happening in the lobby. Sometimes, after I leave, I stay out for hours or days, however long it takes the guest to... I think about the guests sitting in their room now. It's dark, and 
It's a small room, and the guests are getting sleepy. They lay down on the bed. It's just a normal bed with a blanket. The room is plain and doesn't look like anything, but there is a bed. They lay down on it and close their eyes. And it gets darker and darker outside. It gets so dark the light in the room turns off. And pretty soon, it's so dark you can't even see the guests anymore. You can just barely hear them breathing. But then eventually, that stops too. And the guest is just gone. And that's it. Hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Thanks for listening. Now back to the hotel. Before I can stop her, the manager's rung the bell, and it shines through my bones. Settling behind my eyes, the lobby boy throws open the door before its mock tintinabulation can dissolve fully. Fear crawls down his face and into his posture. The navy blue polo tucked into his khaki slacks wrinkles around him, deflating him more somehow. Even that ridiculous hat the hotel constantly dresses him in is navy and khaki. At least it fits in with the old coffee smell and formica wood walls the hotel has dressed itself in. The small, drab lobby has a concrete floor that I cross in two swift steps. I tell him, loud enough so the guest can hear, that I will be escorting Mr. Cooper to his room. I firmly escort the lobby boy back into his supply closet with a growl low enough only he can hear. He almost looks over to the manager, hoping for reprieve, but he can't take his eyes from mine, and as I close the door, I see a mixture of fear and pleading that I find most satisfactory. I savor it for the barest of moments, before turning my attention back to tonight's guest. If there's ever anything significant about a guest, there isn't about this one. Jeff Cooper is as unremarkable as any who have checked in here. I've seen the paperwork myself. He's short and round and bald, and in the dull yellow light of the lobby, his skin appears to cling tightly to his shiny flesh. Face red and flushed from carrying his bags, the man looks like an apple, or a tick already swollen with blood. 
I offered to carry his bags for him. My reports to the hotel will benefit from more first-hand experience. <laughs> oh, thanks much. Big service for such a little hotel. He follows me, prattling. More than the other staff, I see fully. Perhaps almost as fully as the hotel itself, what goes on here. I know the guests before they themselves arrive. I prepare check-in cards for the manager, and seeing what goes on here, behind the doors and walls and barriers of the guests' limited perspective. But it's a different thing entirely to be there, to see and hear the guests from lobby to death. Always the same, but always with its own unique flavor. That flavor I hope to experience, to capture, and to infuse into my reports. Always, in everything we do, in service to the hotel. I summon the elevator and listen to Mr. Cooper's small talk pleasantries. The manager has skill and tact that lends itself to guest service. I do not. Listening quickly turns to enduring, and I summon my patience as well. He chatters on, all too happy for a captive audience, about how uncomfortable transportation is, and the difficulties of over- or under-packing. How eager he is to get back to wherever he's going, to see the people there he misses. I nod lightly, and smile pleasantly, and as we step onto the elevator, I wonder if the hotel is making them run slower than usual. Here in this box, with this sweating, cow-eyed man in his floral print shirt and sandals, there is nowhere to go, no action that can be taken. It's not my custom to travel the hotel this way. I can step easily between the shifting and chaotic barriers here. Rooms, private office. There is no place here I cannot be in a moment. With barely a thought I can be in the void, where I alone have the right to speak directly with the powers that be. The power of the hotel. When the elevator doors finally slide open, the skin along the lines of my scowling forehead breaks and starts to crawl off. Mr. Cooper doesn't remark on it, and I lead him on to room 304. I set his heavy bags down easily at the door to unlock it for him. He takes the bag, but I'm not finished yet. I sweep into the room behind him, towering over him. Even in the dim light I can see the walls of the room are an ugly orange color. Large metallic shells, like shining buttons, are studded into the soft floor-to-ceiling wallpaper. My own form is withering, dusty flesh hanging from the skin off my bones. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. All right, yeah, this looks weird. Yeah, uh, quite an interesting room. I uh, didn't expect it from the lobby. The, the lobby looks, uh... Uh, smaller, I guess is the word. Guests are more often than not afraid of the dark. Jeff Cooper is not exceptional. 
He begins fumbling for a light switch, and I follow in step, closing in on him, closing in on his fear. He fingers one of the large, shining golden beads, prodding still for the light. It shimmers under his hand, and his chattering is joined by a chittering, a clicking scrabble that comes from inside the velvet walls and under the checkerboard floor. The golden studs begin to wriggle out, propelled by thick legs. Beetles the size of golf balls emerge, and from the open hole they leave on the wall pour untold numbers of shining ants and insects of all sizes. He doesn't notice right away, the shadows doing their work to conceal the glistening hordes. But when they find him, they arrest his attention quickly. He tries to jerk away from the swarm, slapping at individual assaulters, and retreat from me at the same time. All he succeeds in doing is stumbling into the back wall. He screams as the scintillating army finds him again, and when he does, he startles many into flight. He tries to get past me, to the door, to anywhere else. So I take him in my hands and hold him still. I feel them, the hungry thousands, clicking over me as well as him. I won't miss my flesh as much as he will, though, and this is exactly the first-hand experience I was seeking. Mr. Cooper is thrashing wildly, trying to writhe free of my grip, but my rigid fingers hold fast as their dead flesh is masticated away. Once the many beasts find their way inside him, it doesn't take long. First the screaming, muffled now, ceases. Then the arms drop limp, but still moving, trying faintly to remember to fight to live. By the time the slick mass of insect crawls its way down his face, across his now sunken, sanguinated form, there isn't much left of either of us. The golden-backed beetles, now beaded with red dots of blood, sink back into their spots on the wall. Their chittering ceased. Left alone, in silence, I turn what's left of Mr. Cooper over in my bony hands, contemplating what he might have to say about this. The Hotel was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Witten. Starring Kelly Ninaltowski as the manager. Mark Witten as the lobby boy. Graham Rowett as the owner. And Krista Lewis. Music by Lauren Picorni, West Rodri, and special guest composer Zach Tatum Drake. 